up? What's up, bitches? And happy Friday. I don't know if that's when you're listening to this podcast, but it's when I'm recording. So on the chance that you happen to be listening the same day that I post this, happy end of the week and start of the weekend. It's your host, Leah Sauer. I should always say that first and I always forget, but I'm going to slip that in there. I think that if you've been listening to the podcast by now, you're familiar with me. I know you, you know me. Some exciting things that have happened recently is I got my first trial order of merch. I did a black hoodie with the Positively Uncensored logo that was drawn for me by Ashley Murphy. I love it. Like, when I say that I've been living in this sweatshirt, I'm not just saying that because it's my first order of merch. Like, I'm a hoodies girl. I have tons of them upstairs and clean. But for some reason... I got a medium. The way that this fits and how warm it is, I'm not saying it's like the softest material ever, but it's really soft. It's really warm. It's not too warm. It's like perfect for that weird temperature of like 48 to 50 degrees that it is right now. So I'm really excited about, I don't know, hopefully releasing these. I had a lot of people message me and say that they're interested in getting an order. So that's something I'm working towards. You guys know that I have stickers that I have sent out here and there, you know, as thank yous. And that's something I'm still doing. So, you know, if you leave me a review, make sure that you message me so that I can take time out of my day as well to thank you for leaving a review, being so kind, and always tuning into the podcast. Second order of business. I've been reading Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Glover-Tawab, and this book has been so transformative for me. Like, it talks about boundaries and how to set them, and I know that when you think about this, it's such a foreign concept. Like, you feel like it's so line drawn in the sand, setting a boundary with you and someone, and like it's the quickest way to hinder your relationship, but her book talks all about how that's actually not what boundaries are used for. Um, You use boundaries to form healthy relationships and to make already good friendships and relationships even healthier so that no party is feeling slighted or empty, diminished from interaction. And what I like most about her book is that I'm an overthinker, so I can read something like this and I can think about applying it to my personal life and immediately a hundred thoughts a minute come to me like, how will they respond? You know, what if they say this comment? And she gives an outlet for that. Like she breaks down how people are likely to respond to you and then what you should say, you know, that's the appropriate reaction and response. So it's been, and it's not even a big book. Like it's not like, you know, 50 chapters. Like it's very palatable. Um, It's not a long read. So if you need something to read and you want something slightly motivational, set boundaries, find peace. And I'm saying that because another author who I have been having on my to be read list is Danielle Prescott. She wrote the book, Token Black Girl, a memoir. And I have been wanting to read this book. It's on my list. And she recently commented on my TikTok from Love is Blind, like that I posted recently about all of the cast. I'm about to get into that soon. And I was like, 
is this like stars aligning? Because she has literally been on my list of books that I want to read. When I saw her name, I thought, no way is this actually her. And so I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. (laughs) And I came back, you know, the morning after and I'm like, oh my God, it literally is. So I followed her. I reached out. I can't wait to read her book. But I love when cool things like that happen. So I'd be remiss if I don't share them with you so that we're kind of like sharing this experience together. And, you know, obviously I would love to have her on the podcast. Like that goes without saying. So maybe we're setting the seed and manifesting that. Before I break down the 12 out of 30 cast members who are actually going to make it on the pods for season four of Love is Blind that debuts the 24th of March, and I want to talk a little bit about Vanderpump Rules. I have to. It's literally on CNN now. They're literally forcing real news anchors to keep up with this. Shout out to Andy for pointing this out on Watch What Happens Live with Lisa. So, I mean, I have to get into a little bit of Vanderpump Rules. But before I get into that, I want to talk about how I've been going on social media lately, like very limited, like very limited. Do I go on there and actually like look on people's profiles and stuff? And what I'm about to say is not throwing shade at anyone, but I find it so odd that celebrities who have the biggest followings sometimes follow like one person or like literally like less than a hundred people. And then I look at people who are like average, like myself, who are easily following, like on your personal account. You can't say that you haven't met like 700 people, even if it's just acquaintances or even if it's just a random person on your plane that you ended up following. Like normal people are interacting. And when I noticed that, I'm like, why are we giving so much attention to people who refuse to like connect with their fans? It's kind of odd and I'm not dissing them like in no way do I think that Kylie Jenner with her 15 million followers is going to follow back all 15 million. I'm sure that that would be very emotionally and mentally draining. However, it's almost like you don't even follow your friends. Like I I think it's so odd that we give so much validation to people who provide no validation to the people who like support their content, like their content, and almost like not even just big celebrities, like content creators on TikTok, like that have the biggest following. It's almost like they have this air about them, like, ooh, like you're not worthy, so I'm not following you back. Like if you don't have a blue check mark, like you don't get followed. And I don't get that. Like I'm not saying I'm following everybody back on my own accounts, but if somebody comments something funny, if someone's supporting my videos, if I see their name pop up more than once, Like, I follow them. I don't understand why we give, like I said, so much validation to people who... It's almost like a humiliation kink. Like, we get nothing back from them. Like, we're buying their business ventures. We're supporting them. We're liking their content. We're commenting on it. We are sending them messages. For what? Like, it's just so odd to me. I don't know if there's a way to reverse that, but I wanted to say it on my podcast in case anybody else has noticed this. And I'm not throwing shade, but it's like even people like Emma Chamberlain, Alex Earl, like people who started out on YouTube, they're following like one people or like, you know, like a thousand people, but like four million people are following them or more. It's just blowing my mind. And it further just adds to that separation where they make it feel like a them versus us thing. And I just find that so weird. An influencer and celebrity culture, like they just 
like, what would they do if that line wasn't there? Like, what would they do if everyone didn't treat them like they're, they're better than us? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think as you're listening to this. If you've noticed it and if you're like, yeah, what the fuck? I want you to message me. Getting into Love is Blind season four. The level of dedication that I put into finding out who actually made it into the pods is kind of ridiculous. Like I could have applied myself and easily been a detective or like using these skills somewhere in life. But you know, somehow I am. I'm using it for my podcast. So I take that back. I'm using it for the good for all of you to give you the tea. So basically I've watched all of the meet the cast. Then I watched the previews that they've released And then I followed all of the cast and went through who has actual pictures like on set. Um, I also noticed that not everybody reposted their love is blind quote that they have. So like their casting photo. So if they made it into the pods, they absolutely 100% had that photo on their Instagrams. So every person who I found all 12 had the photo so that furthered in my mind that they make it on the pods but I also just matched them with the preview footage so I was like okay that's her that's him that's her that's him and I've got all 12 people for you all gathered up and I'm gonna tell you who makes it in I'm gonna tell you about them and then at the end I'm gonna form a little bit of conclusions and some predictions for this season what I'm hoping for the most Sure, last season had everybody tuning in because so much was happening, but we never got any resolution. Like the after the altar, the reunion, like at no point did I feel like we actually felt resolution with the questions that we had. For example, SK and Raven's cheating really not touched on. Matt's aggression issues really not touched on. Nobody came for Brennan. I mean, so many things didn't happen on that season. So I'm hoping that we don't even have those kind of character flaws on this season, to be honest with you. I'm hoping that everybody has like mental peace and they find great romantic relationships that just mesh really well together. But on the chance that that doesn't happen, what I want to see is resolution. I want to see them stop tiptoeing around the issues. I want to stop seeing us have to go to podcasts like Nick Viles to understand what really happened like on the entire show. I just want like a more realistic series. So I'm hoping that we get that this season and I'm hoping that they deliver because I don't think I'm alone on that. I think that that was a big takeaway for pretty much everyone from season three. Let's get into the cast. This is in random order. I was just writing things down as I was watching the previews. So we've got Chelsea. She's 31, a speech pediatric language pathologist. That's a mouthful. Um, and she's single. She says that guys in her area, which is Seattle, most of these contestants are from the Seattle, Washington area. So she says most of the men in her area are mainly white hiker tech dudes. So that doesn't fit the bill with what she's looking for. She wants someone charismatic, a mama's boy who's passionate about life. I have heard that about Seattle. I've heard that it's very... Um, like tech bro vibes so I get not being into that like that not being your thing and I've also heard that they're not always the nicest granted this is a blanket broad statement sorry Seattle it's just what I've heard 
Then we have Irina. She's a 26-year-old business owner who says that she is driven, creative, and passionate and wants that in her perfect guy. She wants a best friend to do life with. Um, Interrupting seems to be her bad habit. She was also the one who said to her, my future partner, I would say, get ready for the emotional roller coaster of your life. I think Irene is going to be spicy. Like, I know I was going to save opinions for the end, but I definitely think Irene is going to be someone to watch, and she's going to pull her weight with being interesting, to say the least. I think that she will confront things that need to be confronted. Then we have Jacqueline. She's a 27-year-old certified dental assistant, and she has never been in a relationship. She says this, this is because she doesn't want to settle, which I understand, but the never being in a relationship makes me wonder how they're going to do in the houses. We do see previews where they're having arguments, and it does re- remind me a little bit of Giannia with um, Damien, I think, when they were in the house having like a sex argument as well. So we see footage of that previews. I'm hoping that she finds someone who's not just going to gaslight her and who's going to let her be, you know, independent and strong and straightforward like she says she is without, like, giving her too much backlash. She also says that she's stubborn, um, but she's trying to keep her heart open. That's relatable. I'm super stubborn, too. She'll be fun to watch as well. Her, Irina and Jacqueline, both of the Inas, like, they're going to be fun to watch. Marshall is a 27-year-old marketing manager. He says that he loves to cook, he's family-oriented, and he's ambitious. His worst habit is perfectionism. This is sort of interesting just because his quote is that he understands that not everyone is perfect, including him. So when he says that his worst habit is perfectionism... It makes me think that he wishes that that's who he was, like his quote. Like, I think that he wishes he was the guy who knew that nobody was perfect, but I think we're going to see Marshall have high expectations in his partners. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. I love that he likes to cook, and I love that he's family-oriented. I get the vibe that he's going to need someone very driven to match that. Micah. She is also 27. This is the third one in a row. She's a marketing manager. She wants a fairy tale love, but she has never found her prince charming. She says that she's smart and career oriented and wants that in a partner. I don't know why. It might just be because she's blonde and because she, you know, is the stereotypical like Regina George, whatever looking girl. Um, but I do think she's going to have some drama on this season. I could be mistaken, but I just feel like she has a big role. We'll see if I'm right. She also has high expectations. Like that's like kind of like the girls who go on the show The Bachelor. Like they want that very fairy tale romantic love story. Um, and some men like can't live up to that. Like we see Bartise as an example of someone who like could never be that type of guy. On to Tiffany. She's 37, a client lead recruiter, and she wants a partner who takes initiative to plan cute, romantic, unique dates. She wants quality time, but she wants her space. She hates people who are clingy and like overly demanding of attention. After reading everybody's like bios, I like Tiffany the most. I think that she's very authentic. I think that her 
quote that said, like, it's hard to meet men in public. She needs help. Like, I think that she's just really ready for a connection. So I really hope that she finds someone who gives her that thoughtfulness. Like, it seems like that's what's most important to her. She wants a thoughtful partner who's not going to need constant validation or constantly to be by her side. Like, she has her own things that she's doing. She's a lead recruiter. Like, she is a boss. So she doesn't need someone who's going to weigh her down or make her spend every second affirming them when she has work to do. Not saying that she's not going to give someone affirmation because I think that she totally will. I think she's going to give everybody a healthy amount of affirmation. Brett, 36-year-old design director. He said that romance has taken a backseat to his career for the last four years. He's ready for a relationship now that he's financially stable. This is promising. Like, I'm not sure how much romance took a backseat. Like, you know, like, is he still going on dates occasionally like was he having sex still you know or like was he just straight up you know like recluse by himself if he wasn't seeing women at all and just was strictly chasing his career he might have some difficulty adjusting to like an actual relationship with like actual expectations from a woman so it could go great he could be you know in for an awakening on to bliss She's 33 and a senior program manager. She says that she's done ignoring men's red flags and that her toxic trait is that she hits snooze a thousand times. She wants someone that likes her for her and not just how she looks. And she is beautiful, so I understand that. I can see how she probably has had issues with that in the past. If you've watched previews at all for Love is Blind... She's someone who I follow on social media and she's reposted the clips of herself and it looks like she has a hell of a season with the crying. So I'm not sure if she cries when good things happen or if it looks like she has like a hard season, but she's in for an emotional roller coaster. I can tell by social media already. Kwame is 33. He is a sales development manager who's been single the last four years ready for someone that he can bring around family that matches his energy. I don't know how to explain it. I said this in my TikTok video, but his smile is so genuine. I, I really have high hopes for him. Like he see, he just seems like such a warm personality. You know how some people behind their eyes and behind their smile, you can tell that they're just, you know, a nice person. I'm really hoping that about him because that's how he comes across and reads to me. And I like that he wants someone to bring around his family. Keeping that in mind with who's we've heard about so far, I'll have predictions at the end with who I think ends up together. Paul is a 29-year-old environmental scientist. Paul looks like Cole. Like, I'm just going to say it. He looks like Cole, and Cole looks like Bartise. Not Bartise. What's his name from season one? Barnett. Cole looks like Barnett. Like, they all kind of look the same. And Paul is right there with them. It's the dark hair and blue eyes thing. Like, it, and being white. Like, it just is. Sorry. But they all kind of look like the guy from Vampire Diaries. I think his name's Damien. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not shading Paul. I'm just saying he looks like Cole. He's, an, he's optimistic about finding love, but gets bored easily. His ideal woman is nurturing and granola, who's not afraid to roll their sleeves up for seafood boil in New Orleans. Really confusing bio by him. I don't know what nurturing and granola means. 
it kind of sounds like he wants a woman who's going to coddle him. I'm, I'm open to changing my mind on that and to seeing, you know, maybe he's just very sensitive and romantic and giving. Um, but nurturing in granola, like, really threw me for a loop. Um, I checked out his socials. It looks like he's just, like, always outside, which tracks. He's an environmental scientist. Um, but it looks like he's traveling a lot. It looks like he isn't afraid of doing adventure like adventuristic things looks like he's always diving or exploring somewhere so he's definitely going to need a partner who can keep up with that on to zach he's a 31 year old criminal defense attorney zach is already getting trolled on the internet for looking like a property brothers and he does he he literally looks like but he's not as hot like so sorry like he sort of looks like their cousin like he could be distantly related um and I'm kind of coming for Zach because he kind of gives me like the heebie-jeebies. Like, and this is before I saw his cousin comment somewhere on a Reddit thread that she knows for a fact this season is tea. Um, and it probably involves him, to be honest. But anyways, he has high standards and that has been his biggest obstacle in dating. You see where I'm going. He wants a type A woman who's introverted and bookish to match his driven personality. His quote was that he, his love language is steak and a thoughtful gesture. Everything about this guy tells me that you have to like worship the ground he walks on. Like constant validation, constant praising him. Like, I don't know. He, it, it, he also said in his like quotes that his like fun hobby used to be arguing, which I get like he, because he's a lawyer, you know, that tracks. Some people just like to get into it. But on the chance that he hasn't fully shaken, leaving that in the courtroom, I can see him being really unpleasant to date. So that's my opinion. I think he's going to be kind of a dick. I think he has high standards. Um, I think he wants to be coddled. I think the exact opposite of who he would get along with is someone like Tiffany. Like she wants someone who is does not have like fragile masculinity like that, that wants a steak on the table. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, not that any of these women want that really, but ew. On to Josh. He's a 31-year-old project manager. He is out of a seven-year relationship recently, and he's been dating around, but after that, he's looking for a down-to-earth partner that takes the time to listen. So, you know, this could be positive. Like, he's dated around. He knows that he's, like, kind of done having his fun. At the same time, when people say they've dated around, without giving any further elaboration... And this is like so stereotypical because like he's a guy and, you know, I'm a girl, but I just hope that he was being nice to the girls that he was sleeping around with, you know, because some guys aren't. And when you say that you've been dating around, a lot of times my girlfriends, when they say that like about someone, it just means that they've been sleeping with other people without telling them. So I hope that that's not his character flaw. He also says that people either love or hate the fact that he jokes around all the time. That could be fun. You know, I like when people are kids at heart. I think he definitely needs someone who is lighthearted and who isn't going to, like, stifle that. Like, who's not going to make him be too serious all the time. Potentially, a match could be him and Jacqueline, just because she also seems fun and, like, outspoken. And, like, you know, she would be, like, mentally stimulating and challenging for him. But I'm not sure how fragile his like ego is because he was out of a second seven-year relationship and she's like a strong independent woman who's never dated anyone so if there's any of that that won't work 
I'm going to give some predictions on who I think ends up together. If you want to know absolutely nothing about the season, you're not even watching previews, just skip this next part because I am basing some of my opinions off of what I've seen in previews too. I don't know any real spoilers, but I'm just guessing like a little detective, but I am. Um, I think that Paul and Bliss or Paul and Irina end up together mainly because we see him with his arm around like a brunette girl, like a thin framed like brunette girl pretty much. So I'm thinking it's one of those women. I think that Irina could probably be a likely match. I think that she wanted someone who's like going to adore her and that might be Paul. In the previews, we see Kwame hugging a blonde girl. I have to assume that that either means it's Micah or Chelsea, but just going off of personalities and what people wrote about themselves, like when I was just looking at that, Chelsea and Kwame seem like they would get along together. Like their personalities seem like they would match. It seems like they both want someone to bring around the family. It, she wanted a mama's boy. He wants someone that he can bring to Thanksgiving family dinners. Like that tracks. She's a pediatric speech pathologist. Like she's 31. She knows what she wants. He wants someone to match his energy. You know, she wants someone who's passionate about life. I mean, the two of them I mean, it almost writes itself. Like, it's it's kind of clear that they're going to be a match together. I think they'll probably, you know, fall in like in the pods. I'm not saying love because we don't know yet. Fall in like in the pods. I think that Brett is going to end up with Micah. We did see him, like, kind of holding hands with, like, a fair complexion girl who appeared to maybe have, like, a piece of blonde hair. So me seeing that, I'm like, okay, well, if Chelsea's taken, you know, probably going to be the other girl probably going to be Micah um I'm kind of hoping not though just because like she's so idealistic and what she wants out of a partner and like she's romanticizing like all of the things that they're supposed to do and I feel like for Brett since romance took a backseat for him like he's simply not going to be able to match up with that and maybe their personalities will get along at first but we do see a preview of her saying at the aisle like It'll be best for you if you answer first. So something happens. Like whoever she picks, they ultimately end up having some sort of differences in like personality or how they date each other. Something happens with her. I think she's going to have, like I said earlier, bring drama to this season. If Jacqueline and Josh don't end up together, I'm kind of feeling like Jacqueline and Zach might and I think, like, he might just be charming. Like, I think he might, unfortunately, without, like, seeing him and seeing that he's, like, a property bro, I think that he might appear super driven and passionate and, like, super intelligent. Like, you just want to listen to him. Almost like a cult leader. Like, I think he might just come across very endearing. And, you know, she might like that because she's so straightforward. Like, the two of them might mesh well together with keeping things real. But ultimately, like I said, we see them previews, some sort of fight where she says, you know, we're not even having sex. So something happens down the line. And I think that she's either going to be with Zach or Paul or Josh. Like, those are my three predictions for her. I don't have too much insight into everyone else. Like, I'm not sure who makes Bliss cry. Maybe Paul. Like, maybe Paul does. But, like, I don't know. Like, Micah seems, like, so nice. Like, so many of them seem, like, so nice. Like, I don't, I can't even really predict who brings all of the drama. Those are just the few predictions that I have. 
make sure to follow along with me. I'm obviously going to talk about the episodes. I have had Love is Blind contestants from previous seasons on the podcast before to talk about the show. So when I watch this show, I do try to keep a little bit of an open mind because there are things we don't see. They have outside life affecting them as they're filming. You know, things are highly edited. So as I'm reading their bios, as we prep ourselves to watch, let's always keep that in mind. We're not going to know someone off of their, you know, reality persona and it's not fair to judge someone's entire personality but we're still going to comment like on this podcast we're still going to talk about things we're still going to comment on them we're going to talk about the show and get ready you know march 24th like i said baby vanderpump rules i mean if you haven't at least heard about vanderpump rules i I have to believe you're living under a rock or maybe you just simply don't participate in technology like you're just not having it in which case I'm surprised that you're listening to this podcast or how you found me but I would imagine that by now almost everybody has heard about what's going on in Vanderpump Rules. So to set the scene we're on season 10 we're about five episodes deep of the show and in real time you know obviously everything is filmed early so they're not actively filming you know season 10 and we're like in the middle of it like this has already been done so but in real time we're finding out that 10-year relationship Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox is coming to an end like it's having some major issues Tom cheated on Ariana with Raquel who is you know another cast member you know everybody thought that she was hooking up with Tom Schwartz his best friend Um, and recently divorced from Katie Maloney. You know, that was its own scandal in the first part of season 10. Um, But we come to find out he's actually hooking up with Raquel. It's been seven months of them hooking up behind everybody's backs and in a relationship. So as people are watching season 10, obviously Tom and Ariana are still living together in the house that they've bought, you know, 10 years together. Um, You know, we're watching them with their like take care of their dog together and everybody is just searching this season for clues like clues of them together clues of did anybody know about this and it seems like the general reaction is people think like no like obviously nobody knew about this I don't know like I'm not saying that this was made up for us to watch as viewers. I absolutely don't think that. I don't think that they're 100% capitalizing on Ariana's grief. Do I think that she has had a feeling for a while and maybe quieted that and like kind of distanced herself from Tom? And do I think that other people were sniffing it out? Sort of. Like if you're familiar with the show, you know, season nine, Raquel at this point is dating James Kennedy, her long-term boyfriend. They've had a tumultuous relationship, you know, up and down, up and down, him cheating on her, drinking issues, you know, like I said, infidelity all throughout the relationship. He's just disrespectful to her, pretty much, like putting it honestly. Um, And then, you know, they get engaged and they're ready to get married. We see Tom Sandoval pay for the engagement party, like, and not just pay for it, But it was so odd. Like, he's standing there, like, with his wallet out. And, like, when wedding planners are around and they're like, okay, you know, the cake, another extra thousand, you know, he gets, he writes a check. You know, and this, another extra three thousand, he writes the check. And 
I know that, like, for right now, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, that was weird. Tom was a nice guy. But it's almost like he was indebted. Like, it was almost like I'm wondering if at least James knew and was like, you're not ruining my fucking storyline in this show. Like, you're not going to ruin this relationship that we've been building. And we were supposed to have a wedding that was going to have a lot of views. Like, it was supposed to be a big thing for the two of them. Like, you're not going to take that from me and take all the spotlight off of me. Like, I'm still going to have my moment. And, like, you're going to pay for it if you want me to, like, keep quiet about this for now. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting. And, like, it's unclear if Ariana knew. If she says she didn't know, then I believe her. But when you watch her face in the reunion, when she looks at them, like, do their public breakup, James and Raquel... It just feels like she is seeing through it so transparently. Like, it just feels so weird. Tom's reaction feels weird. Ariana's reaction feels weird. Everybody's reactions to this in real time with, like, releasing their podcasts or preparing for a Watch What Happens Live with Andy. All of it, you know, I understand that they have to talk about it. It's their job. And you might be like, what the fuck? Like, obviously, they're going to talk about it. And I get it. Like, they need to have their moment. But you can't say that they're not like capitalizing off of this and profiting off of this. And for that reason, you have to wonder if at least some things are being dramatized for us to, to receive, like Lala's reactions or, you know, Kristen's outrage, anything. Like you just have to wonder how much is being done for the show. And they're even like speculating that Kristen like might get like get asked back on to the network and like she was kicked off for good reason same with Stassi same with Jack same with Brittany so it makes me wonder why they're even getting a platform really like their relevance like I listened to the podcast I sort of like broke them down on my Twitter briefly just to say who's had what information but I listened so that other people don't have to you know like I don't necessarily think that they're great for Bravo I don't necessarily know if everybody has learned I hope that they all have I hope that they've all grown but everybody's obviously leeching off of this and the level of hate that's come at Raquel is just wild I mean the comments about her getting assaulted was so many women like in support of Sheena assaulting her and you know even on one podcast I was listening to you know they talk about living in the same building as her and it's just so unsafe like to genuinely wish someone to be unwell or to like be like foaming at the mouth or salivating at the fact of them getting brought down. It's a little evil and like you're so removed from it. You could know so little and I appreciated her apology even though I know it's helped to be written by a PR team. I get it like but also at this level of a disaster, how do you articulate yourself alone? Like how do you articulate yourself and know that you're going to get your point across without help? Because there's a reason why all of them have publicists and press teams and lawyers. Like they have representation for a reason because of big platform that they have. So it doesn't like make me enraged that she had assistance with writing her apology. I also respect the fact that she acknowledges that what she did was wrong she doesn't want to just blame herself as victim. She's calling out the fact that she was seeking outside male validation, a lot of times at cost of her own safety, her own friendships. 
If that doesn't resonate with you a little bit, like man or woman, a time where having the opposite sex validate you or having someone that you're romantically interested in validate you to the point where you compromise your sense of self or potentially like make a joke that's at the harm of one of your friends or do something. If you can't remember a time where you've had that done to you or you've done that to someone, you're a better person than me because most people have had that experience and have it so publicly, I have space to have a little bit of empathy for her. So I'm not all pitchforks. I'm not saying what she did is right either. It's absolutely not. It's super, super, super wrong of her to look someone in the eye while sleeping with their partner. Um, However, look at the hills. Like, look at the show... Laguna Beach. Sorry, I have ADD. Look at Laguna Beach. Look at the hills. Like Lauren LC was barely friends with any of these girls in real life. And at when I was watching this, they seem so genuinely connected and like they're real friends and like they met outside of the show and then, you know, started the show together. And Whitney, who worked with LC, says to this day, we weren't friends, you know, like we associated on camera. And a part of me just wonders if that's true for Vanderpump. Not saying that would make it right because sure, you shouldn't do that to someone you film with all the time and have to see and have a business relationship with. But I think Raquel was in her villain era. I think she was hurt. I don't think she sought therapy that she should have to get over that. I think that she was accidentally hurting other people, um, you know, and misdirecting that to try to make herself feel better. But I think that it was primarily trying to make herself feel better and not actively trying to hurt other people like I truly believe she was like trying to self-soothe and I can think of a lot of girls I know who go into their villain era and sleep with a lot of people in a short amount of time and then reel it back in and hers was done publicly so that's my opinion I wish Ariana all the peace Tom has been a piece of shit from season one I'm going back and I'm re-watching and he is so obviously manipulative I really don't like Nick Vile, but he breaks down Tom and so does Stasi, and both of, not together, like on separate podcasts, but they both say that he curates this image of himself so much so that he will tell producers when to redo a scene if he doesn't like how he comes across. Like he wanted to be an actor, like that was his whole thing. He's acting, he's putting on uh, his garb of Tom Sandoval. Like right now, I'm Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz's best friend, and the voice of reason of the cast and he tries so hard to convince everybody that he's that and when you see him like have someone call him out on that the look on his face is fucking crazy and the podcast I listened to not skinny but fat no not skinny not fat with Amanda Hirsch where she says that like you know she's talking to Ariana like kind of checking in with her and the one thing she could say that Ariana texted her was that she had a level of evil in her life that she just didn't know was that close to her. Obviously, Tom. Like, go back, rewatch things. Jax is a piece of shit, but when he calls Tom out, it's because bad recognizes bad. I mean, they can both see it so clearly in each other. Schwartz is bad, too. That's why all of them are friends. They constantly cover for each other. You know, I'm just waiting for more people to come forward who have slept with Tom Sandoval. I'm sure it's not just Raquel. Not that that makes it any better, but she's in for a disappointment, too. Like, if he wasn't open and honest with her about that, she's romanticizing this seventh-month relationship with matching necklaces and whatever and it's not going to amount to anything because he is a manipulator and I don't think anyone should forget that 
that's all the bases. I mean, I covered what I'm thinking about right now, my merch, I covered Love is Blind, Vanderpump Rules. I mean, I've literally talked about everything I wanted to with you all today. Message me your thoughts on this episode. I'm dying to know like what you all think about all of the different topics. If you hear this and you're like, I want merch too, like I want a sweatshirt, message me. I'm going to try to figure out how to do an order. So I'll gather up everybody who wants a sweatshirt. You know, I don't have the money because I'm, I'm not sponsored. Like I'm not sponsored. I'm not getting paid for my podcasts. So, you know, I can just take the Venmo payment for exactly what the sweatshirt costs, you know, to have shipped, do a big order and then send them out. And it, for now, it's not going to be any profit for me. Like I'm just going to get them sent out to you all and we'll go from there. Let me know if you want one. In the meantime, as always, give me a five stars on Spotify if you like the episode. Subscribe to me on my YouTube channel. Follow me on TikTok. I'm out there and I'm making content for you all. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Love you. And I'm sick. So I'm sorry if this episode sounds like I'm sick. But that's just how much I love talking to you guys about the things that I love. Bye.